ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. So thankful for what he's doing, and I celebrate again Jesus Christ. I want to share a story with you uh, that I think many of you will be familiar with out of Genesis 27. Especially if you're a part of the EC family, you'll be very familiar with this context because what we're doing on Wednesdays is walking through the entire scripture, uh, Genesis through Revelation. And we are in Genesis 41, 42 coming up uh, this Wednesday. But what we've been doing is just trying to teach the entire counsel of the Word of God as opposed to fragmentary teaching or preaching. So many of you will be familiar with this, and if not, that's okay. You can read about it on your own or just kind of accept my clip notes, uh, and then you can quick reference when you have a moment. But before I begin to unpack Genesis 27, I want to share a beautiful quote from someone who did some research. Uh, And what I want to talk to you today is about the blessings of mom, the blessings of mom. 600 university students were asked to write on a piece of paper the most beautiful word in the English language. 422 of those 600 university students wrote the word mother. 112 wrote home. Mother's Day is the day that we honor the most beautiful word, mom or mother. This is the day to honor and to uplift mothers. Everyone that is watching this online worship experience has certainly been affected by a mother. Mother's Day is a partial fulfillment of the commandment to honor your mother and your father so that we may have a long life on this earth. That's the first commandment that God attached with promise, and I'm so thankful for our mothers. God relates to mothers because it was Jesus who said that as a hen would gather her chicks beneath her wings, he would, uh, he would love to do the same for his people. Today, we rise and we call our mothers blessed. Thanks for all you mean to us and, to all, uh, and for all that you have done in our lives. As a matter of fact, thank you oftentimes seems grossly inadequate. And I realize that we're celebrating Mother's Day in a very unique time and that we're not able to do it with the the bang uh, that we would typically do it with, but know that we are grateful for you nonetheless. Dr. Diana Bianchi of the New England Medical Center has verified that a mother carries blood cells from each of her children for years and years. I want you to hear this because a mother is always a part of her child's life, and a child's life is always a part of her mother. A Mother's Day card could say like this if it was predicated upon Dr. Bianchi's findings. Although you think I'm far away, I'm always with you. Dr. uh, Diana Bianchi is the chief of genetics for Boston's New England Medical Center and a mother of two. And here's what she says. Apparently when a mother carries her unborn child, there is a sharing of blood cells back and forth, such that a mother not only gives life to her child, but receives something in return. She carries a part of that child with her the rest of her life. 
more than merely a sentimental issue, this is being researched for two reasons. One hypothesis is that these fetal cells can interfere with the mother's immune system and contribute to autoimmune diseases. But a more endearing hypothesis is what is being written about in various magazines and medical journals. That these fetal cells lingering in a mother's bloodstream rush to save the mother's life when she gets sick. These cells can become whatever the mother needs to survive. If mom has a bad heart, they can be healthy heart cells. If she has bad lungs, they are lung cells. The lingering cells from her children become the mother's repairmen. Isn't that beautiful? A child may leave home, but a child never leaves their mother. For a part of that child still courses through her veins, ready to help her recover should she get sick. On the outside, the child may be gone, but on the inside, the child remains. And a mother has great tenacity, and moms have to. I honor my mom for this because she uh, displayed such resolute tenacity, and she was determined to help navigate us through some of the most formative and difficult years of our lives. But here are 10 ways, the top 10 ways, you know you're a mom. And this is reflective of your tenacity. One, you count the sprinkles on each kid's cupcake to make sure they're equal. <laughs> Number two, you want to take out a contract on the kid who broke your son's favorite toy car and made him cry. Three, you read that the average five-year-old asks 437 questions a day and you feel proud that your child is above average. Four, you hire a babysitter because you haven't been out with your husband in ages. Then you spend half the night checking on the kids. Five, you can place any amount of food on a plate without anything touching. It's fascinating. Six, you cling to the high moral ground on not allowing your child to play with toy weapons. So your son bites his toast into a shape of a gun and shoots his brother or sister. Number seven, and kids, you all know this, kids of all ages have probably been here. Mom, you know you're a mom when you use your own saliva to clean your child's face. Oh gosh, oh, I'm, I'm having flashbacks right now. Eight, you stop criticizing the way your mother raised you. Nine, you don't think twice about cleaning up after your child is sick. And then lastly, you continue eating at a birthday party when someone else's child gets sick. Mothers are indeed tenacious. And in Genesis 27, we read about a mother named Rebecca. Rebecca rears two children, and the Lord prophesies that in her womb she produces twins, that the younger will, uh, or that the elder will serve the younger. She has two kids. They're named Esau and Jacob. Esau and Jacob have noticeable and definitive distinctives. They are like polar opposites, if you will. Esau is very hairy, and Esau is a wild man. He is known for having uh, several uh, romantic relationships, if you will. He is a man of the field, and he is a hunter. He is gifted and skilled in that way a very undisciplined man, if you will, but he was his father's son. 
And as a matter of fact, the scripture, if you read it in Genesis 27, it it refers to Esau as being Jacob's uh, or Isaac's, excuse me, son. And then what's interesting is you have Jacob. Jacob is referred to as Rebekah's son. I understand there is a great deal of dysfunction in this household. And let it just encourage you that this is one of the myriad of reasons that we say no perfect people allowed here at EC, because God is not looking for perfection. God is willing to use us in spite of us. And I give God praise for that. Rebecca is so fond of her son, Jacob. She raises him. It's got a very close connection to him. And she hears of a conversation that Isaac is having uh, with Esau. He says, Isaac is anticipating his demise. He thinks he's getting ready to die. He's actually very disconnected spiritually at this point, and he's wrong. He lives quite a deal longer. But she overhears a conversation where he says, son, to his son Esau, I'm getting ready to die. Why don't you go make me some of that savory meat? Go out and catch that game, man, that, you know, pops likes and just hook it up like you do, because I just kind of want to enjoy a last meal, and then I'm going to bless you. Rebecca hears this conversation and she's like, oh, hold up. Wait a minute. I'm not going to let this boy get the blessing. I'm going to let my son, Jacob, get the blessing. And so she tells Jacob what she heard. And she said, listen, son, I want you to go out and uh, bring me a goat and I'm going to hook it up. I know how Esau cooks and I can make it taste just like that. I'm going to put some seasoning on it. And I'm going to hook it up. And then we're going to go and take some of the clothes that Esau wears. And we're going to put it on you. And, uh, and we're going to even put the, the, the goat that I killed. We're going to put his uh, skin on top of you. And that way, uh, you, you'll, you, when your father tries to feel you or, or, or rub you, he'll know that he's touching somebody hairy. And perhaps he'll think it is Esau. Jacob is very reluctant to go along with this. Uh, this plan at first. He says, what's going to happen to me if my father knows I'm deceiving him? But she is so tenacious. She is able to convince him and position him to receive this blessing. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. Moms, you are a blessing and we honor you. But I wanted to share something that I thought would be able to uh, speak to everybody that's watching today. There's so many uh, elements of Genesis 27 that we can uh, apply to our lives. I want to focus on a couple of passages, though. Genesis 27 and 27, it reads, And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled of the smell of his clothing. And blessed him and said, surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field, which the Lord has blessed. Not just any field, but the field that the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you. See, Rebecca positions her son Jacob to receive this blessing. And the blessing in the life of a Hebrew was everything. 
The blessing was a time of not only a rite of passage, but it was a time of, of, of positioning. It was in time of endowment. It was a time of preparation. It was a climactic moment. And this is what's happening here. This climactic moment where Jacob is being blessed and Rebecca's tenacity positions him to do so. I'm thankful for every mother who is so tenacious, who believes the best in every and all of their children and positions them to succeed. We all understand that if we are anything, we are anything by the grace of God and because we had a mom who believed in us. You all know what I'm talking about because to this day, my mom thinks she, she jokes and she's like, one day you're going to be T.D. Jakes and blah, blah, blah. And, and she just believes that. She believes it. And I'm thankful for those mothers who see more in their children than their children see. Do I have ambition to be T.D. Jakes? Absolutely not. I'm here to bless Jesus Christ and to lift him up and he'll do whatever he wants to do in my life. But I'm also thankful for a mother who sees beyond what I might see. I'm thankful for moms in our lives who see. Moms, continue to see things in your children. Children. This is what Rebecca saw. She saw that Jacob could be something that perhaps Jacob didn't see himself. And we know later Jacob became Israel. You can tell I'm already getting excited about this. But let me just share a few things from these passages that I read to you that are really important. Now, I want you to understand what Jacob does here uh, when he interacts with his father. His father pulls him in close. This blessing is an intimate occasion. This is not something done at a distance where it's like, hey, son, I bless you. You good. Go out and do well. It's not that at all. It's quite different. It's a very intimate, sacred moment. And what's fascinating is Isaac pulls, pulls Jacob in. And listen, listen, if you, if you caught what he pulled him in so close, he came near and he kissed him. He smelled the smell of his clothing and he began to bless him. Can I tell you the first thing that we all need in our lives. And this is not isolated in scripture. You'll read this on a number of occasions. Almost every time a blessing is bestowed in Hebrew culture, it involves touching, the laying on of hands, a, a kiss, an embrace, something that conveys acceptance and love. It's important to do that in our homes. I know this is Mother's Day and I honor every mother, but dad, can I tell you, can I talk to mom and dad for a moment? The best way to communicate love to a child, especially a small child, is to demonstrate it by holding, by touching appropriately, by holding them close. And this is not just limited to small children. Jacob was 40 years old when Isaac touched him and kissed him to convey the blessing. And no matter our age, our age, I think it's important that we all communicate with meaningful touch. Dad, hold your wife's hand. Hug her. Let her know each day you appreciate her. You know what? I'm not going to think about it, but it reminds me of that old song. Find 100 ways to let her know how much you love her. Son, daughter, do what you can. You know what? Hug your mom. Hug your dad. And parents, it's important. Even if they're four. I'm 43 years old, and my mom is going to hug me, kiss me, grab my face, and do whatever. My dad's going to do the same. Man, I'm going to get there. Let me look at you, son. I feeling on my arms. You've you been working out? I might not have worked out for two years, but I'm like, oh, well, you know, you know, I'm doing a little something. They just love that physical touch. I've learned my children are very different. 
Mia does not require a, a ton of affirmation. Uh, but, you know, she obviously responds to it. We all respond to affirmation. Uh, but if I tell Lincoln, Lincoln really enjoys physical touch. If I tell Lincoln, hey, especially when he was much younger, but even today, if I say, son, I love you, uh, you know what? He'll be appreciative of that. But man, if I come in, ah, he gives the best hugs, by the way. Give him a hug, let him know I love him. That means a great deal. Can I tell you, touch, physical touch, appropriate physical touch is necessary in a thriving relationship. And I'm thankful that Rebecca and Isaac saw this and practiced this. Something else that we see here is they spoke affirmation. Affirmation is so important. You all understand how much I believe in the power of our spoken words, okay? In many homes today, words of love and encouragement and acceptance are seldom heard. As a matter of fact, statistically and scientifically, it has been proven that kids hear more words of correction and disapproval than they do of affirmation. Can I tell you, uh, affirm your children. Mom, affirm your son and daughter. Affirm your husband. Dad, affirm your wife. Affirm your children. Children, affirm your parents. Can I tell you, especially let me just talk to the teenagers for a moment. There is no written manual that says, here is how I am to raise Mia and Lincoln. Now, obviously, there's scripture, but I'm talking about in this day. If parents are going through, we're all going through our first global crisis together, our, our first global pandemic. Kids, can I tell you, encourage your mom and dad. Let them know they're doing a good job. Let them know you're behind them. Let mom know how much you appreciate her. Let dad know how much you appreciate him. I know you might have cooked breakfast for mom today, or you might be preparing a special meal. You know what? Let it linger for a couple more days. Look him in the eye and tell him, you know what, mom, I don't say it all the time. And I might not say it the way I want to say it, or it might not come out just the right way. But I love you. I appreciate you. I am thankful for you. Can I just speak to the parents specifically for a moment? As we are the spiritual leaders of our home, whether you're doing this together or you're a single mom, can I just tell you, your children need to desperately hear you speak words of blessings to them. If you are married, dad, husband, your wife needs to hear you say, man, I love you, baby. I'm proud of you. Thank you for all that you do. You're a remarkable woman. Whatever the case may be, give that affirmation. Women, moms, do the same to your spouses. And do it not just on Mother's Day or on Father's Day. I'm always blessed when people affirm. And I grew up in a home of affirmation. You all have heard me tell the stories on a number of occasions. But you know I believe in the power of the spoken word. And sometimes what we speak, we don't realize arrest somebody's forward mobility and trajectory because words of harm have been spoken over their life. I know people to this day, grown men who I've looked at, talked with, counseled, who have wept as I've held them as they've been broken. My mom or dad told me I'd never be anybody. My uncle said this to me and it scarred me. A teacher told me I'd never amount to anything and they can't outrun it. They can't outlive it. It scarred them. This is why it's so important we speak words of affirmation. We speak words of encouragement. You know what? We're, it's funny. Even today, this very moment, <laughs> Lincoln is learning some new skill sets and some stuff. And I was suggesting that he uh, take one route. And Sarah was like, mm -mm, 
He don't need to do that. I know he can do it. And I was like, I know he can do it too. I was just suggesting a little bit more equipping. She was like, he's got it. He can do it. And you know what? I'm thankful for that. And I pulled him aside and said, son, you know what? I want to be clear. I too believe you can do it. I was just suggesting a little bit more exposure, but my point is you can do it. I'm thankful for a wife or a mom who will speak encouragement, speak encouragement over your children. They'll be blessed. I'm not talking about flattery. I'm just telling them, speak hope, speak positivity, and most importantly, speak the word of the Lord. This is exactly, this is exactly what Jacob is doing and what Rebecca excuse me, what Isaac is doing uh, and what Rebecca positioned Jacob to receive. I want you to think of this for a moment. Look at the affirmation that is spoken over his life. Look at the uh, value, how they esteem this blessing. And this blessing is rightly dialed in to the Abrahamic covenant. But I love what Jacob, or excuse me, I keep getting them confused. <laughs> what Isaac speaks over Jacob. Listen to this, because the next thing is, if you are going to give that affirming touch and you're going to give that affirming word, you give it because you see they're of high value. First of all, I'm thankful for moms. Moms, you are important and you have high value. I know you, we are our toughest critic, but can I tell you, not just on today, you need to know that you've got the goods. You've got the goods to raise. You might be single and doing it by yourself. Keep doing it. God's got your back. You're raising up powerful kids for Jesus. Mom and dad, you might be doing it together. And can I tell you, keep doing it together. God's got your back as well. You keep speaking life hope. God is going to use your children for his glory. And why? Because your kids have high value. I'm thankful for moms who can see things beyond what we see. They see this and listen to the blessing that Isaac spoke over his son. I love this. Therefore, may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and be blessed by those who bless you. I'm so thankful for a mom and a dad that placed a high value on me. Can I tell you, mom, and what's beautiful about this is it's reciprocated. Every matriarch in our family, my grandmother, we placed high value. Our aunts, we placed high value. My mom, we placed high value. Everybody understands, hey, mom is speaking, listen up. Grandma's speaking, listen up. Aunt whomever is speaking, listen up. Can I tell you, place high value on the women, on the moms in your life, the elders in your life, place high value. And I'm thankful for moms who place high value on their kids. I could go on and on, uh, but this is so important because Jacob needed to realize what was happening. And later it began to unfold in his life. And I can't help but think he tied it back to the conversations that his mother would have with him, that his mother would speak into his life and say, you are more than what meets the eye. You are more than what you think, Jacob. You might be thinking you're only a deceiver now, but I can tell there's more to it in you. God has a plan and a purpose in your life. When you begin to see value. This is why every child has value. Every individual has value. This is why we say bring everybody because our value is not predicated upon 
our education or our financial resources. It's not predicated upon who we know. Everybody has value because Jesus Christ created us and he died for us and rose again. Everybody has value. The fourth thing I want to communicate and articulate is that you look at verse 29, they paint such a beautiful, bright, vivid picture of blessing for Jacob. Let peoples serve you. Nations bow down to you. You know what's fascinating about all of this? They were painting possibilities. Praise God. Mom, dad, can I tell you, paint possibilities for your children. Tell them anything is possible with Jesus Christ. All things are possible with him. Abide in him and they will do great things. Apart from him, they can do nothing. But can I tell you, encourage your children during this time, study them. Watch their interest. Learn their passions. Look at how God has uniquely created them. And as you learn that, speak over that. Encourage that. Let them know. Pray blessings over your children. Pray this. We are in this Abrahamic covenant. Paul tells us this. Pray this over your children and watch God do it again and again and again. I know this may sound corny, but you know what? You all have heard me say this before. Uh, my parents growing up, here was one word that was not permitted in the Thompson household or family. Uh, it was can't. Can't is not in the Thompson Dictionary. To this day, if I say something to the effect of, oh, I can't, which I rarely do, but if I were to, my dad would be, what? What did you say? Because can't's not in the Thompson Dictionary. I've tried to pass that down to my kids. I remember as a young child, thing, I would say, oh, I can't do that. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Dad would stop me because there's no such thing as can't. Lastly, lastly, we want to actively commit to fulfilling the blessing. And this is where I want to close. We must take mom, dad, an active commitment to fulfilling the blessing. I want you to hear me. Meaningful touch, you know, affirmation and painting great pictures and taking the limits off. And I could go on and on. That's, that's wonderful. But to be active in fulfilling the blessing, let's pray with our kids. Let's speak the word of God over their life. You know what? At the end of the day, this is the only thing that matters is our heritage that we have in Christ. Passing this on to them is the most important thing. I want to pray for you, especially our moms. And if your mom is with you while you're watching, you know what? I want you to just put your hand around her or put your hand on her on her knee, if you will, no matter what the age. Dad, you get all your kids around and you just pray a blessing over your mom. And you know what I want you to do? I just want you to look him in the eye right now and say, hey, I appreciate you. I love you. Today, the kids and I, we rise up and we call you blessed. I want to pray this blessing and we're just celebrating the presence of the Lord. I feel him so strong. God, I, I'm thankful for our mothers. They're such a gift. And in so many ways, they are the hand that cradles this, these lives, this world. We're thankful for their sacrifice. We're thankful for every kind word. We're thankful for their love and their determination. We're thankful that they have painted bright possibilities. 
we are thankful for the words that they've spoken. We're thankful for the vision and that they see beyond. We're thankful for a mother's embrace. I'm praying right now. And as they're committing, these moms that are watching, these dads that are watching, as they're committing to actively uh, allowing the blessing uh, to be fulfilled in their children's lives, I am praying that you would bless them and keep them. I'm praying that your face would shine upon every mother and be gracious unto them. Lord, lift up your countenance upon them and give them peace in the name of Jesus. God, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Praise God, we honor you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.